What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Full 90 Podcast. Uh, it's part two today with Danielle. I kind of did an intro while we were recording, so um, this is just a little plug uh, to leave us a rating and review if you're enjoying the show, and uh, pass this on to a friend. And, and again, without further ado, here's Danielle and I. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to part two with Danielle, where we talk about her uh, financial journey through football. Uh, we're going to talk about her first contract in Iceland and then kind of how she's moved through her contracts, as well as kind of comparing facilities and resources for, for clubs uh, across the, the countries that she's played. So, um, Danielle, if you kind of just want to start off talking about like your, your two-year gap um, before you signed your contracts, like I, you know, you said you were working, were you, were you kind of saving up money, uh, to prepare for your first contract? Yeah. So I wasn't necessarily saving to prepare to go play pro again or play pro. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. was saving just, you know, for life, adulthood and yeah. saving in general, but it was helpful because your first contract, you don't make as much. And I think going in with savings is definitely helpful. Yeah. Did you, uh, cause when you first got here, right, I think I had a similar issue. You kind of had to wait like a month, month and a half basically to get your first paycheck, right? If you arrive at the start of the month, they pay at the end of the month. Um, did you kind of experience that and was having that savings kind of your, well, for lack of better words, savior? <laughs> Yeah, so normally they pay after the 30 days. So once you've played 30 days, you get paid and then so on and so on. So, I mean, unless you maybe come middle of the month. But yeah. so it was good to have savings. I would say at least have $1,000 or $500 saved up. Yeah. You can potentially ask for an advancement in your salary. I think some of the girls did that here coming in. So yeah. I don't think, I mean, you can always ask. Yeah. 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 Tough conversation, of course, with your first contract as well. Like, can I get money up front? You know? Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So looking at your first contract uh, in Iceland, can you kind of just tell us what that looked like and, and how it was structured? Yeah. So I, would say both contracts in Iceland were very similar mm -hmm. in terms of access. I mean, and, okay, in terms of salary, I would say it's around a thousand, you know, more or less. And you can obviously make more your second year or in a better, in the top league, you can make more than that. Yeah. Um, but both clubs provided cars. I would say in Iceland, that's a standard. Most teams yeah. do that for the foreigners to either share or have your own. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but the discrepancy between second and first is not that great. It's okay. maybe a thousand to two thousand or something. You know, it's yeah. not with the, not that with the big of, of a couple of teams, right? Yeah. 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 
Uh, did you did they pay for your housing as well, or like give you housing? I guess. Yeah. So. Not a hundred percent sure, but I think it's standard that they would provide housing in in Iceland specifically. Everyone yeah. provides housing. They pay for the electricity, the water, and everything. So all expenses are paid for in terms of that. But you pay mm-hmm. your, and you don't pay for your car, but you pay for the gas that you use yeah. in the car, and then your food. So in Iceland, I haven't had a team. I don't know about you, but in in the te- two teams that I've played for, they don't provide meals, so you would have to cook yourself. Yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty standard. Being a a, a part time mm-hmm. league, I guess. Um, yeah. How how long was this contract? Was it just was it just like the length of the season, or were you paid for a full year, or what did that look like? So a lot of the times with maybe first or second contracts, you only get paid per season. I mm-hmm. think a lot of the times I've heard players just doing a one season contract, but I think my advice would be to sign a two year deal to invest yourself in the club and, you know, be able to bump your salary at the end of the year. You could also do that. And there's also, if you really hate it and there's, there's ways out of it there, most of the time clubs will do a mutual agreement that, you know, you're, yeah. it's not right for the club or you and you want to leave then. Okay. And somebody will pay the, the difference in salary if you're moving somewhere else. But yeah, yeah. I would say as protection for, you know, quality of league or maybe injuries, especially uh, signing a two-year deal can be very helpful. And you can mm-hmm. also ask for more as you do better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of what the, the, the structure of the contract looked like. Um, can you just talk about what kind of the resources of the club um, looked like in, in both of your teams in Iceland? The access to physios was a lot different and it was, it was hard, I would say. Different between clubs or different from what you were used to like in college? Uh, College and my two years in Iceland. Two years in Iceland, both clubs were the same. uh, There's a physio that comes maybe the day before sometimes and then Mm -hmm. the day of the game. There's always one during the day of, but if you have chronic pain or if you have, I don't know, an ankle injury, you're not having a trainer come tape your ankle every day. You're taping your own ankle and you're doing the exercises by yourself. I think it's, it's, if you have injuries, it's hard. If you don't, then you don't need to worry about it. But I, my first season, hurt my shoulder. I strained my AC joint grade two and was out for originally they said it was six to eight weeks, but I played after five and a half. Um, Not advised maybe. (laughs) Not advised unless it's okay. Um, (laughs) Every athlete says that though, but you know, six weeks really means five or four. I have except for knees, you know, of course, but I didn't get an MRI for (laughs) four and a half or five weeks. It was actually a joke because I 
had already been training and was about to play a match and didn't need it because it was almost healed, but they already had scheduled it. And so I ended up doing it anyway, just to check it out. And it said, I believe that there was a prior injury or maybe a grade one. So it's been healing. So it didn't, you know, it didn't affect my play. Why did it take four weeks to, to do that? Was that because you were waiting or because the club kind of took a while or what, what was that for? I think it's because the lack of quantity of MRI machines, I don't know exactly, but I want to say there's less than five in the entire country because, I mean, there's only 380,000 in the country, 180 roughly in the city of Reykjavik. So all of those people trying to use less than five machines, there's definitely a line. And in college, you hurt your knee or anything and you go in within three days and there's a priority for that. But I think in Iceland, there's not priority for athletes or maybe there so is, and there's like just a, such a line. Yeah, just like a you just weren't able to get in and get seen that quickly. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, we've kind of covered. Oh, so what did the um, the facilities like the changing rooms and the and the gym look like? Were they were they sufficient? Like, did did each club have have a gym? Each club had a gym. My first club had a bigger gym. It had a squat rack and free, I mean, all clubs have free weights. It's no problem. Mm -hmm. And um, some machines at my first club and there was cables at my second club, but it was, you know, two squat racks, two cable machines, a pull-up bar, and then the rest was free weights with benches. Yeah. So my second club was a lot smaller of a gym, but I think it was smaller in terms of the size of the club Mm, interesting Um, or the you know I don't know but the first club you know it had a decent gym nothing compared to college but yeah I also (laughs) I also come from an SEC school so I don't know how other schools maybe smaller schools D2 or even small D1s their gyms look like so it may not be as much of a difference but for me Mm. yeah I think but you can be creative. I think, you know, there's, you don't need, you don't need machines for everything. You have to do a lot of unilateral stuff anyway. So I think you can do without it. It's there. What you need is there. Okay. So it wasn't like a, like you just didn't have a gym or, you know, like you didn't have what you needed. You could, you could make do with what was there. Yeah, definitely. You can do, you can do everything that you need in the gyms that were there. Okay. That's kind of just all I'm all I'm curious about, you know. Um, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna look towards Turkey now um, and your contract in Turkey. Uh, I don't know if you can can you just speak to like what a a normal contract or an average contract would look like in in the Turkish league for for women. So, I think there's a big difference between the top three or four clubs because of the name and because of the men's teams. 
So I can't speak for the whole league. I think there's okay. a huge difference between, I would say, if you go to Fenerbahce, Besiktas, Galatasaray. Yeah. And I think that's it. I would say those are the three big names. And if you don't go to those three teams, then you're not going to make as much. But, okay. And it would probably... I mean, potentially be around Iceland. I'm not exactly sure. But if you go to the big three, then yeah. you'll definitely make a lot more. I'd say double Iceland uh, okay. for sure and possibly more just because okay. the men's teams are so big. Yeah. So what, uh, like, what does your contract contain? Is it wages and then, like, um, do you have a car? Do you have an apartment? What, is, uh, what does that kind of look like? I do not have a car, this contract, and we don't share a car. I think driving in the roads here would be pretty dangerous. I wouldn't say it's like driving in Shanghai. I would, but it is maybe closer to New York City. (laughs) It's, you know, there's the lanes are blurred. People, you know, it's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise trying to drive here. Or bike, but you can walk everywhere. You can, yeah, no, I, I mean, there's tons of scooters, but you can walk everywhere. I take the train. I've taken the ferry across. I've taken a bus. I've taken taxis. Taxis are so cheap. Everything is cheap here. So it's, it's not a problem at all getting anywhere. Mm -hmm. So do you have an apartment then that they've put you in? Yeah. So I have an apartment. It's a three bed, one bath. And the other foreigners, I think, are in three bed, two baths. They're all fairly similar. They're very nice and in a good location close to the facility. It's about a kilometer. Sorry, it's it's maybe a a half a mile. Yeah. Not not even a kilometer away. So it's a 10 minute walk, maybe eight minutes of speed walking. Um, And then... Istanbul is huge, so yeah. I can't say I live in the city. I mean, I live within the city limits, but that's two hours in a circle. So, yeah, okay. uh, but my little town, city within the city of Istanbul, Katakoy, I live a mile maybe from the ferry, oh, okay. maybe less. So I can get to the other side, the more touristy side, the European side, uh, yeah. by just walking in the ferry across or taxi. So, okay. yeah. But yeah, so you don't back to what you asked. Car, yeah, you don't have a car, Sorry. but you can get around easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. And then yeah, so I have an apartment, no car, but the facilities close. Yeah. So what do the facilities look like? Um, you've already kind of hinted that they have like a youth uh, and like residency setup, um, but what do like what? Yeah, what do the facilities look like in Fenerbahce? So the entire boys' side and then the women's side, not the men's full team, but the the women's full team and the boys, they stay at the facility. They have dorm style, freshman year dorms, you know, to to a room with with their own bathroom and shower and whatnot. Um, And that is directly above looking out onto the practice field. And then underneath there's locker rooms and, training rooms and weight rooms 
and and then there's so there's four fields within the complex there's three full turf fields and then there's one full grass field and that's uh, where all the teams train okay. and there's a pool connected to it that you can go to there's you know uh there's another facility just for the dining hall and there's another office and yeah, so everything you need is there. That's yeah. where we always go. Do you guys play in the same stadium as the men's? No, so we'll play our semifinal and final there. Hopefully we'll make Ooh. it. Inshallah, in Turkish. <laughs> yeah, so, but we play at another men's facility that's 15 minutes away, so we bus there for okay. the game. Yeah. Okay. I wish we played in the men's, but we don't know. We were supposed to play, but they we were supposed to play a couple home and away games. I mean, home games yeah. there, but with the Europa League and the field, so many games, they yeah. decided not to let us. I feel like it would be sick to play in the stadium, but also like it's a massive stadium. So if you're not getting like a month, a bunch of fans, it'll feel like empty, I guess. But how many how many fans do you guys get? In our regular matches? Yeah, like at a, at a game in the league. It's hard to say because we do play at a big stadium. I think the capacity is 10,000. Oh, okay. That's a guess, you know. It yeah. seems pretty big, but it's huge mm -hmm. stadiums only on one side. So yeah. I would say 10,000. I would say during our games we get 1,000. So okay. not nothing, bad. nothing major, but not as I mean, small as Iceland. A thousand in Iceland is pretty, pretty dangerous. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, definitely more than Iceland, but not yeah. compared to men's or any yeah. big, bigger leagues. Okay. Um, so we've kind of covered the, the facilities and everything and the resources. Uh, so now we're just going to kind of talk a little bit about your personal finances, um, just how do you live on like a month-to-month um, -month basis um, currently? Like, do you spend most of your contract or are you conscious of that and saving and investing or kind of just, yeah, how much are you spending really of your contract? I spend less than $200 a month. Less than $200? <laughs> Is that I rounding here? No, no, no. I oh, <laughs> I eat breakfast at home and then lunch and dinner at the facility. And so, and I do like to cook and I cook sometimes, but, you know, I save more eating at the facility and it's good food. And uh, so, you know, I save as much as I can because I like to invest. I invest as much money as possible. I like to save uh, at least... 1500 every month or more um, to put solely into investments um, and then save more other places like savings account or something. But I would say here is definitely a good league if you want to save a lot of money because you're spending a lot less. So wow. I'm saving way more than my entire salary in Iceland uh, solely because of the access to food yeah. and wow. the cost of living. 
So the cost of living definitely saves you. You could spend tons of money on food, eating out, and still spend less than roughly 700 maybe, living luxuriously. So, (laughs) yeah. Okay, well, we love to hear, you know, first off that you're living on so little of your salary, but also that you're (laughs) investing and saving. Um, Yeah, I try and say I'm very frugal, so that's why. Okay, good to hear. We love that. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, uh, do you have any, uh, we kind of spoke about it in the last episode, like saving some money to, um, or I guess it was the start of this one, just saving some money uh, to have for savings. But do you have any other kind of financial advice for, for girls that are trying to get into the professional game, like saving maybe if you have to pay an agent or something like that? Um, I don't even know what that would look like, but do you have any, any sort of advice? So that's tough because if you're in college, you know, playing, you're probably not having a job. There's very few people that can have a job and play college sports, but of course, you know, if you're making a stipend in college or, you know, if somehow you're making any income, I would say definitely save as much as you can. Um, and then people that aren't in college, I would say definitely it's a good idea to work in between contracts. If you're Mm -hmm. in your first or second contract, because you may not make as much, but I think the women's game is changing. I think the salaries are slowly getting higher. I think the leagues making it professional, fully professional is making their minimum salary. Not only that. And then obviously having no cap, you can make as much as you Mm -hmm. negotiate. So I think it's changing. I think right now my first contract, I definitely needed to work in between, but now I don't think, I mean, I think I will because I want to, and I like to make money to save and Mm -hmm. invest and, whatnot but I think yeah hopefully hopefully you know the next few years it will keep growing and wages will increase of course all right well uh thank you for taking the time and for sharing such details about your contracts and everything uh uh thank you again for coming on the show and if you enjoyed uh join us on the next episode uh thank you again Danielle for coming on yeah thanks for having